It's Murphy Houston. Yep, Mile High Magazine, and we're glad you're here with us on a Sunday. Lives have changed. The new norm is whatever you're doing now, and hopefully you're staying safe, you're staying healthy, you're staying hunkered down. We've heard so much about the coronavirus and how it's affecting human beings, and just a couple of days ago, we heard about a tiger in a zoo out in New York getting coronavirus. I'm thinking, wow, you don't hear much talk about animals and how this virus affects them. You might have a cat at your house. You might have a dog. Well, I don't know anything, but I know who does. My buddy Kevin Fitzgerald, a doctor of veterinary medicine over at Alameda East, the animal hospital over there. 37 years he's been doing that. Kevin, how are you, buddy? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for all you do for animals, Murph. Well, we love animals. Uh, we should mention, too, if you ever want a good laugh, whenever we get back to some kind of norm, uh, Kevin's very funny. Well, he's Irish like me, so we're always funny. And he does a lot of stand-up at Comedy Works, so check that out. But right now, Kevin, we need to talk about animals and coronavirus. And now, as I mentioned, with this tiger out east at the zoo getting a coronavirus kind of surprised a lot of people. So can our pets get coronavirus? Well, those are all good questions. You know, we're still learning a lot about this virus, Murph, you know, and, and learning in, in real time as things go on. It, at least right now, it, it appears that, you know, that there's no evidence at the present that our companion animals, dogs and cats, are either the source of the virus or that, that pets can spread the virus to people. There, there is evidence, you know, from the tiger at the Bronx Zoo uh, that tested positive after being uh, exposed to a, a keeper, that a handler that was uh, asymptomatic but positive and, and then uh, did test positive. Um, but there's also the two dogs in Hong Kong that tested positive, uh, a cat in Hong Kong and a, a cat in Belgium. Um, so, and, and some evidence that, that ferrets uh, may be able to come down with the, the similar, this, with the same vaccine or the same virus. So, uh, you know, it, at least right now, I, I think we can take a lot of comfort that we've got, you know, although sadly 1.3 million people uh, worldwide have been infected so far and, and tested positive, um, you, you know, we're, even though we're seeing uh, that, that those numbers in, in people, uh, at, at least right now, it, it, you would think that with numbers like that, there would be cats in those houses, you know, that, and, and they're not, they're, we're not seeing a huge influx of, of cases. So uh, it seems probable that, you know, cats aren't an important source of the virus. I mean, if, if the first place we diagnose it is a tiger, you know, it, 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 it tends to show that uh, you, you would think that with that many people testing positive, and and you would think that there would be cats in those households. That if we, if it was that much of a problem, that all these cats would test positive, and that hasn't been the case. Well, that's so, good news to hear. So it's safe that your dog is probably not going to carry it. Can they just be a carrier? Like some people are just carriers; they don't actually get it, but they can have the virus and spread it that way. Can animals do that? Well, there's some evidence that's what they thought of the dogs in, in Hong Kong. But, you know, we don't know. The AVMA, the, the American Veterinary Medical Association, the CDC, the USDA, and the World Health Organization, what they're recommending now is that if you are ill or if you think you are with, with uh, similar symptoms to the virus, that you minimize contact with pets or other animals, okay? So, 
and and I think that people should use the common sense and still do the same things that they would with with any uh, after handling any animal. Good hand hygiene, washing your hands. But but I think, uh, but you know, knowing that that. Uh, there's no reason to think, at least right now, that the pets are the source of the infection. Also, we haven't seen it in in uh, domestic livestock. Okay, and, well, that's and a good so, point. Never thought about that. Yeah, we have we a lot of agriculture here in Colorado, so those animals are pretty safe too. Well, it hasn't been reported, but you know, is it not? Is it not there? We're not testing, so we're still learning so much. But I think you know, once we pass the you know such a huge number in people, 1.3 million. And so many people would have cats in the house, and we're not seeing a, uh, a you know, a, a correspondent huge number of uh, cats that are sick. Also, these uh, the tiger, you know, re- recovered pretty quickly and, and wasn't wasn't all that ill. And the the two dogs and the the, the cat in Belgium, uh, they, you know, they weren't sick at all, although they tested positive. So um, it, there's, I, I think, right now. People in Denver are lucky in that we've got a, a great veterinary community here. Uh, you veterinarians as far away as the telephone and can answer any questions. But I think good hygiene, not throwing our, our hands up, trying to keep uh, good social distancing, good um, you know hand hygiene, and, and good common sense about handling your pet, You know, not letting them lick your face, not uh, sharing food or, or food you know, or dishes. You know things that that you would you, you would do anyway. So and we're talking with right Dr. Now. Kevin Fitzgerald, who's a veterinarian over at Alameda East, and a good friend of mine. So Kevin, do they have do they have testing for animals? I mean, we test people, and that's tough keeping up with that. But what about the animals? Can you test well, they them? They do. Yeah, they, they they do. They certainly do. The tiger was tested. It's a, di- a different test for the same virus. A different test than people, so they don't. You know, they're not. We don't have that many tests yet for people, so they're not wasting things on on a- animals. Not wasting them, but using them that could be used on people. But it's a different test, and they they tested that tiger and it was positive. But at least right now, the evidence is that this is person to person transmitted. Okay. Okay. There's, there's no there's no evidence that. That uh, you know, dogs and cats are the source of the infection, and no evidence right now that they they spread it to to people. And because I I think uh, you know, with so many people sick, if there were cats in those households, you would assume the cats would be sick too if it was if it was spread. And and but you know, it's an ongoing thing. We're learning every day as we go more and more about this virus. And you know, it, it's a uh, it's it's something to take very seriously. I think people should. Uh, you know, use use good common sense. You know, the social distancing is going to help us tremendously, and and good hygiene. So, are there other? I was just curious. I guess while you were talking there, Kevin, uh, are there other diseases we can get from pets or or animals could give to us? Not the coronavirus. Sure. Thinking, no, but sure. what else? I mean, well, you know, children all the time when we get kittens, they often have. Uh, you know, a dermatophyte, a, a ringworm, which is, you know, we say ringworm, but it's a, a fungal infection of the skin. So in dermatology, there's some things that, that they can get. Um, giardia, you, you know, it, we live here in Colorado in a giardia belt, a little one-celled protozoan that causes diarrhea. So, you know, diseases that animals can give to people or that people can give to animals and vice versa, diseases that can be shared by, by animals and people are called zoonotic diseases. And thankfully, there's not that many of them. But uh, in, you know, I think we we need to be aware of those things. 
um, fleas and, and external parasites can, can get on us, but they don't find us as delicious and don't stay on us. But, you know, we can share ticks and, and different problems. And so I, th- I think we need to be uh, realistic about our, our animals. You know, they're not little people, they're animals, and they can, they can carry some things that can, can, can be harmful. So we, we have to have good hygiene and, and good common sense. And don't, uh, you were mentioning earlier, don't let your dogs, because i got to admit, we have a little dog from the Dumb Friends League we've had for years. He loves to lick your hands. He loves to lick our face like he's giving us kisses. You know how that is, Kevin. Is that not safe? Should we avoid doing that? Well, it's, it's probably not the best practice. I mean, it's hard not to. I have a little dog that, you know, kisses you. But, um, you know, the, the biggest, one of the biggest myths is that an animal's mouth, a dog or a cat, their mouth is, cute, is cleaner than a human being. And I, I wish that were true. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, you do true. hear that. And that's not true, is it? No, it's not true at all. And, and so we can culture many, you know, bacteria from their mouths. I mean, you know, they do a lot of self-grooming and, and do a lot of things that uh, aren't done in the best of circles, right? So, so well, yeah, you know, we got to be careful for sure. I, I know I was thinking there's a lot of controversy about vaccinating your kids and is it necessary? And you hear that about animals. Should we be vaccinating our animals? Should we? Vaccines get a, a bad rap, and and the, there's been huge tests done with children. One a recent thing in Denmark, 650,000 school children. These diseases are still out there. Uh, parvovirus for uh, dogs. You know, we didn't know it before 1979. So things like this, this COVID thing that's just arisen. Um, you know, or the 1918 flu. These bugs are still out there and testing us. You know, just since I've gotten out of vet school, you know, parvovirus and Legionnaire's disease, SARS, uh, West Nile, um, hantavirus. I mean, the things that, that just keep coming up. So um, for the vaccines we have in, in dogs and cats, you know, every morning when I wake up, I, I – I say, please, God, don't let me hurt anybody. You know, I'm not religious, but you, you, you can't always help them, but you can sure hurt them. And, and so the medications that I give, you know, they have to be two things. They have to be safe and they have to be effective. And the vaccines we have now in dogs and cats, there's a small percent of people or, or animals that have a reaction to a vaccine. And sometimes there's a little soreness or stiffness where we give it. But the benefits outweigh the, the risks. So I, th- I think when we think about a vaccine, we have to think of what's the actual risk of this person or animal getting this disease. And, and so when we see things that have been almost eliminated in the United States, like measles or polio making a comeback, you know, it, it, it shows you that these things are still out there. And, and I, I'm older than you are, but I remember as a kid here in Denver, the, the polio, there, there were kids in the classroom with, with big braces on their legs or, you know, going to an iron lung. Right, I remember right. my mother not wanting me to go to uh, Congress swimming pool, you know, Congress Park to, to swim uh, because, you know, she thought that, you know, the, the polio was in the water. So um, the, the vaccines we give, you know, your veterinarian is not going to give anything to your animal that would hurt it. So that that's the first thing. So the vaccines we give they have to be two things. They have to be safe and they have to be effective and protect against the diseases we, we're vaccinating for. But the point is the risk of some of these diseases, particularly for puppies, uh, kennel cough, 
and and distemper uh, uh, around veil leptospirosis, a disease it's a zoonotic disease that can be uh, carried by wildlife and and from you know the water from streams and ponds and 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 marshes. So we we give these vaccines and we give it to protect animals and people from these diseases. Well. Good words of advice there. Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, our veterinarian here from Alameda East Animal Hospital, answering questions about how the coronavirus could affect animals. Well, it did come from animals. That's proven, right? The coronavirus came from animals. These viruses mutate all the time. So we saw in 1918 an influenza virus that mutated and jumped to people. In 2004, we had a mutated horse virus, a a flu, uh, an equine influenza that was uh, affecting horses. In 2004, it jumped to racing greyhounds in Florida and then spread throughout the United States, throughout dogs. So these things mutate. Uh, We're looking at this that they thought that uh, it might come from a pangolin. Now they're thinking that it came from a bat. So um, these things mutate. And, and then can jump and cross from one species to another. And if you think to be a, a brand new virus and have 7.8 billion people on the planet and nobody has an immunity to it yet, I mean, what a what a great uh, a, a, a great source for this this you know of infection for this virus to to exploit. And so, uh, in, in so. This one jumped, and nobody had any immunity, and and we're we're seeing the results. I think yeah. that eventually there'll there'll be a vaccine. They're working hard on it. I don't know time wise. You know, I I I think you know be optimistic could be, you know, a, a year to eighteen months, but you know maybe maybe longer because the vaccines, they, like they said, they ha- they have to be safe. They have to test them and, right. and make sure there's not side effects or or the and and they have to make sure that they're effective and that they work. Well, so, Kevin, I appreciate the time. So we know it's safe to take our dogs out walking. It's safe to take them to dog parks, parks as long as you're separated by six feet from other people. And our cats are safe, too. And I knew you'd have the answers, buddy. I really did. I well, appreciate I, I your think, time. I, I think a bigger problem is going to be we're inside and people aren't walking or aren't exercising. Yeah, so we, we need true. to. We need to, if we're going to be inside with them, we can't just give them one for me, one for you with the cookies. well we'll leave it at that so Kevin good talking to you my friend I appreciate your time today and uh, if we have other questions if you don't mind we'll check back with you is that okay All right. I hope that helped All right. right. thanks Kevin appreciate it and hang on we're going to take a little uh, break here and come back with Dr. John Douglas who runs Tri-County Health always uh, often works with the CDC and we'll let you know what's going on in the state of Colorado on Mile High Magazine Now we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Murphy Houston.